Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Fashida. And I'm Jamie. So we're back again. We're all ready for a good 4th of July break because it's been a crazy, (laughs) crazy month, right? Very ready. (laughs) Yes. Crazy week, crazy month. Uh So yeah, so we have a lot to talk about today. So we're going to dive right in. Um, First, starting kind of on the state level with the abortion method ban, Senate Bill 145. Boo. Boo, hiss. Mm. Um, It... Had a couple of hearings the past couple of weeks. It had its third hearing this week and was immediately voted out of committee and then immediately went to the floor the next day and was voted out by the Ohio Senate. So, yeah, um, unlike a lot of the media reports, (laughs) it still does have to go through the House before the governor signs it. So there's still a lot of steps in this process. So this isn't something that's passed and will be signed into law and We'll be talking about lawsuits until probably this fall. We will be talking about lawsuits. <laughs> at yes, some point. <laughs> at some point, but not right now. And unlike, I think, was Channel 6 reported, it was not the six-week ban. Yeah. <laughs> there was some sloppy reporting yeah, this week. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, there's a lot going on yes. in the State House. There is. Uh, and, and this bill is pretty much brand new. Yeah. As far as legislation goes, mm-hmm. this yeah. is a, a... For a, Ohio, yeah. Yeah. For, this is a new concept. They're moving it way too fast. Mm-hmm. They have... I mean, if they would slow down, they would see, oh, this is as unconstitutional yes, as yeah. everything else evil mm-hmm. that they've passed yeah. <laughs> and going to result in the exact same lawsuits mm-hmm. that yeah. other states have already lost. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in all reality, this is pretty much a 13-week abortion ban. Yeah. It will ban the most commonly used abortion procedure in the second trimester. Um, and will fo- force doctors to use less tested, less medically safe procedures on their patients. Um so, yeah, so we had opponent testimony this week. That was fun. Right. Not. You can actually check out our Facebook page because we did actually Facebook Live the entire hearing because they actually let us record. <gasps> what? Right. So, Op- opponent testimony, for those who don't know, is our side. Yes. We are opposed side. to the bill. Yes. We Absolutely. are the opponents. So I testified first, and they were rip-roaring and ready to go. Um, I got lots of questions about, well, we regulate medicine all the time. We tell doctors how to prescribe opiates. Shouldn't we tell them how to do abortions too? I'm like, well, when you tell doctors how to prescribe opiates, you're doing it in a way that's safer for people. The difference here is, crisis. yeah, <laughs> the difference here is that you're actually forcing doctors to use less safe things on their patients and tying their exactly. hands from treating them. So, right. And then Peggy Laner was her usual ridiculous self. Peggy um, Laner, former head of Ohio Right to yes. Life. State senator from <laughs> the Dayton S- area, Kettering <laughs> and, and the surrounding areas. Yes. Yes, was, was, yeah, just her general usual self, being very overly dramatic about the bill and how we can't see humanity and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that was loads of fun. And then we brought in Mallory, Mallory McMaster. She's actually on our board, but is also just a general advocate. She is seven months pregnant and looking She's forward. Very pregnant. Very pregnant. She is <laughs> so done. Um, <laughs> she was joking. She's like, I could go into labor. It'd be okay. Um, but yeah, so she came in and talked about how having an abortion in a previous relationship is the only reason she's able to have a child now because of the relationship she was in was a violent relationship and she needed a way to get out and hadn't figured that out. But then also testified about how 
all the restrictions that have already passed have impacted her care during her pregnancy. I mean, with different types of scans and tests and having to pay $10,000 out of pocket for a genetic chromosomal test because Jeez. she didn't feel comfortable waiting until 19 weeks when her insurance would cover the anatomy scan because we already have a 20-week ban. And she's mm-hmm. got a, she and her husband both have a lot of family history of genetic issues and things like that. And so it really was a touching testimony on just how much these bans have impacted not only access to abortion, but how pregnant women in general in Ohio are treated, which I thought was really interesting. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, her her testimony of, of providing that example of what it was like for her to get an abortion, the fact that, you know, it, it wasn't some earth-shattering thing, mm-hmm. it helped her move on with her life. Yes. Uh, I think those sort of stories are ones that legislators need to hear more often, mm-hmm. uh, quite often from our supporters. When we ask for people to share stories, we get, you know, very frequently women that say, well, yeah, I had an abortion, but there was no big drama or anything. Yeah, I right. just had, had the abortion. procedure yeah. and then I moved on. Exactly. <laughs> that's the story uh-huh. to tell. Because <laughs> that's the vast majority right. of them. Yes. Exactly. Right. There are various different reasons why women have to have abortions. And so, you know, everybody's um, story is not going to be the same. Yeah. And I think it will also be impactful maybe for the future to hear more stories from men as well mm-hmm. about if their, you know, um, loved one or wife or, you know, significant other had an abortion mm-hmm. and what that was like for a man. So. Yeah. yeah. We actually had somebody come for the 20-week ban last year. He testified on behalf of his wife because she couldn't be there because she was a physician. Right. And it was really impactful because, unfortunately, men listen to their male peers Ab- a lot more than women a lot of the time. Agree. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so then um, bringing more of those stories in was Stephanie Sherwood from Women Have Options. Um, She talked a lot about how the people that she serve, especially because they are people who need funding help to get an abortion, um, are frequently pushed into the second trimester for abortions because they don't have the finances to get together to get an abortion as early as they would want to. So she, so she came and testified, and then um, Gary Daniels from the ACLU also testified. I was actually out in the hall with the handmaids at that point, but it sounded like they went after him pretty hard as well. I was, I was, I was um, amazed and blown away by his testimony and um, his knowledge and how mm-hmm. he was able oh, to yeah. just like stand up to all of them. And you know, basically every time they said something, his rebuttal was just as strong, if not stronger. So. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the the testimony from the ACLU um, of of all of our uh, opponents to the bill, his actually, and, and you wouldn't expect the ACLU, his actually was the most uh, medically in-depth, where he was talking about specific procedures mm-hmm. that would be uh, not only the procedures banned, but also what the alternatives are. Um, because he was saying that many people that push this bill say, oh, well, there's other things that doctors mm-hmm. can do. And then he went in to explain exactly why those alternate procedures are actually no longer used because doctors have said, hey, these cause unnecessary complications. Yeah. They're not uh-huh. better. Uh-huh. You know, they're using this procedure, the DNA, because it's the one that doctors mm-hmm. recommend. They've looked at, you know, how, you know, how can we provide the best care for women this is what we need to be doing. Right. Um, and so, you know, he was really showing that removing this, uh, it's it's making care worse. You know, mm-hmm. this is an undue burden. It's unconstitutional. And here is exactly why. The ACL, uh, ACLU testimony, I think, was very powerful. It was. Um, we got questions from uh, State Senator Cecil Thomas. Yes. Uh, and Sean O'Brien. 
Um, both of them, uh, Democrats on the committee, uh, did a really terrific job. I mean, Bashidi mm-hmm. said, you know, we need to hear more from guys. <coughs> yeah. There were two guys, you yeah. know, state yeah. senators, uh-huh. did a really great job of bringing questions forward. Yeah. Um, we haven't heard from these guys much in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. Cecil Thomas is kind of brand new. Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Brien was in the House uh, before mm-hmm. and, and just not... A, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's new to the Senate, and he wasn't on committees that right. we came before yeah. in the past. Uh, so it was it was really terrific to get yeah, new champions, um, you know, on this committee, uh, ju- the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, exactly. I'm still and, not and Thomas sure. kind of closed it out just by mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, I'm not going to vote for this bill, and he exactly yeah. gave his exact reason why. So, um, speaking of bill, do you guys want to talk about a little bit of session and yeah. how that went? Um, yeah. So you know, it, it passed there, and we actually brought the handmaids back. Um, in committee, um, they they stood in the back of the room during opponent testimony. There was one pro, actually proponent, so supporter of the bill that was actually testifying too. <clears throat> too many words. It's late <laughs> in the week. We shouldn't do this on Friday. And uh, <laughs> and then um, and then the vote. And then yeah, session the next day. The handmaids came back into session. Um, they had to be inspected before they could go in because women are dangerous. So they all had to open their capes up and show that they weren't carrying anything in. Mind you, there are metal detectors in like airport x-ray machines that everyone has to go through, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and so so they all sat in, uh, sat in session um, during everything. We'll talk about other things that happened with the budget and everything in a minute. But um, so... Senator Charlita Tavares spoke against the bill um, very eloquently after the sponsor of the bill, Huffman, spent his entire time supporting the bill by talking about how abortion is slavery. Uh, Don't remind me. (laughs) Charlita Tavares stood right up and was like, yeah, no, (laughs) you are not going to compare this to the enslavement of my ancestors. And yeah. That was pretty amazing. And she and was fantastic. she was speaking in her words as someone who is the descendant of people who yes. were slaves. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yes. So she took exceptional offense yes. to this. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll we'll link to her um, floor speech in the show notes for sure. But um, yes. that was an amazing speech. Not only calling him out on that crap, but then also talking about all the other reasons to yeah. oppose the bill. Um, Which so, is like, as a woman, we yeah. know how to mm-hmm. handle ours. So yeah. let us be, uh-huh. you know, yeah. let us do that. And kind of Shivani and Williams, they spoke on the legal aspect of it and how how this is basically just going to cost the state more mm-hmm. money because we're going to have to, um, once a lawsuit comes up, then there's the money that we're going to have to use to uh, defend this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 And then William, I mean, Th- um, Cecil Thomas, again, kind of like he did in committee, um, closed it out on the floor of the Senate too with a, a pretty good speech against you know the legality of it, but then also as a dude, this is not my job. Um, is is kind of the theme of most of his speeches on on these types of things. Yeah, he said that it wasn't his job, but he really, I mean, he emphasized quite often. He mm-hmm. said, "I'm voting against this bill because the method that they're using is the one that's safest yeah. for women." Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. he he said directly, mm-hmm. "My priority is with these women." Right. Yes, absolutely. It's you know a very mm-hmm. clear statement that we should be hearing from more politicians. So, yeah, um, you know, he gets he gets a ton of kudos for that. Um, you know, I, Peggy Laner again, uh, Senator Laner. She shared some <laughs> crazy story that had new details. I've heard this story like ten times right? now, and there were new details in the story this Everyone time. Everyone kind of thinks that story is 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is that she talks about every time about how impactful it was and how she just remembers it so clearly. And then one of the reporters asked her, like, how long ago it was. She's like, I really can't remember. Yeah. She, like, <laughs> she started off saying that she thought it was about 30 years ago. And, and we're not going to share the details no, of the story. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but basically, you know, 30 years ago, somebody found something horrific in the trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, her having a really bad day 30 years ago is not a reason <laughs> mm-hmm. to remove rights from women right now. Yeah. You know, that oh I gosh. wish people would understand that this bad thing that might have happened to them or someone that they know, not a reason to remove rights. No. Yeah, absolutely. You mm-hmm. know, it, it almost doesn't matter what that thing was that no. you were told by someone. <laughs> yes. You know, maybe your sister had a doctor who was rude and suggested that they should have an abortion when she didn't want one. Or maybe they were going for an abortion and just didn't like the color of the paint on the walls. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the reason is. It's not a reason (laughs) to remove rights Mm -hmm. from somebody. And Peggy Laner's story, while I'm sure shocking to many people, is not a reason to remove rights. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of rights, um, you know, we can talk about the... DCPC funding um, and everything yeah. else that has that that came through, um, you know, on the session and were mm-hmm. passed, and just the crazy things that we're going to have to come against. Yeah, and I think the the interesting thing on the budget that connects back to the method ban stuff is that you know we're sitting here passing a bill that's going to cost tens, of, hundreds of thousands of dollars to litigate for the state of Ohio. I mean. Uh, Mike DeWine's little witch hunt on fetal tissue cost the state $42,000 in attorney fees to Planned Parenthood. Thanks for the check. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, they talk about defunding Planned Parenthood. Well, maybe you should stop passing unconstitutional bills so that you don't exactly. have to pay their attorney fees. So, you know, they pass this uh, this method ban, and then they pass a budget that funds crisis pregnancy centers and kicks people off Medicaid. And, right, absolutely. Yeah. So, it's nuts. Yes. So, uh do you want to talk about the CPC funding and um, million bucks? Yeah, yeah. to so anti-abortion for those groups. who don't know, CPC are the crisis pregnancy centers, um, aka the fake pregnancy centers. Yes, <laughs> I'm just going to start calling them anti-abortion groups. Yes, you can call them all of the mm-hmm. above. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're giving out false information. Um, there's no healthcare providers there. They're not providing any type of healthcare, and they're basically pregnant women are going to them, and they're just basically trying to give them. Uh, false reasons why they should not have an abortion. Yeah, it's basically so. like going into the office of a right to life chapter that happens to have an ultrasound machine. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's all it is. That yeah, is true. there's no medical professionals there. No. They're not getting funds from the Department no. of Health because they don't provide health care. Mm-hmm. And so but they've drummed behold, up this plan. We give them money out of the budget. Yes. Out of the <laughs> TINA funds, the temporary assistance for yes. needy families. <laughs> temporary assistance for needy families is the only cash assistance program that still exists for low-income people. Everything else is food stamps or yes. Medicaid where you get services, but you don't get actual cash money right. to do things like, oh, buy pay diapers and yeah. pay the rent. And, Absolutely. Um, one of our former colleagues from the um, ACLU, Lisa, when she was working in the state Senate, um, one of the um, constituents of the senator she was working with used this TNF funding to get out of a lead-contaminated apartment because her kids 
were suffering from lead poisoning because of paint and other things in the apartment. So this is what this money should go to. Right. And instead it funds ultrasound machines and right to life chapters so that they can, yeah. 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 So, well, um, Medicaid expansion, (laughs) I mean, or on expansion. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. So, so CPC money's in the budget. Also, uh, the general assembly wanted to, uh, grind the Medicaid expansion to a halt. Um, obviously Ohio took the option that I believe Obamacare afforded. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So Obamacare triggered a thing. States were allowed to expand Medicaid. Yes. Kasich said, yes, mm-hmm. we'll do this. The federal government paid 90% of it. Yeah. It, it makes financial sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so conservative state legislators don't like Medicaid. Absolutely. Period. Um, <laughs> and, and really so, hate the expansion. Yes. But yes. they really hate the expansion. So they've put in uh, into the budget something that would halt this. So, yeah. So basically, I believe July 1st, is it? It would be Medicaid. 2018. So a 2018, year from yeah. tomorrow. Um, yeah. It would be uh, Medicaid freeze. <laughs> Anyone um, past that date will not be able to get Medicaid. Um, from what I understand, they're trying mm-hmm. to say it's only a for up to a year, but that year makes a hell of a difference mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. 500,000 people, yeah. to be exact, would not be able to get access to Medicaid. Right. Yes. So this is this is the question is, what is John Kasich going to do? Yes. Is he going mm-hmm. to veto? Is he going to veto? Um, and we do believe uh, by by the time most people listen to this, they're going to know the answer. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he has to do that by tonight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but here we sit, uh, middle of the day on June 30th, we do believe that Kasich will veto this, uh, and the biggest clue in my mind is his Medicaid director mm-hmm. that he employs, uh, Barbara Sears, mm-hmm. um, uh, she tweeted out an entire list of things mm-hmm. that will happen if Medicaid expansion mm-hmm. is frozen. Yeah. Um, so I've got the list here. I'm just going to go over a couple of them. She said the freeze will result in significant coverage losses. That's the 500,000 people that will lose coverage right. to... Uh, healthcare funding. Uh, the freeze could unlock enrollees into poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, so this yeah. this has you know a, a significant economic impact on the people that are affected. Uh, the freeze would forfeit significant resources to fight opioid abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, what? obviously have a huge problem with that here in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, the freeze would likely result in a legal challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, so. You know, this Barbara Sears used to be state representative mm-hmm. Sears, and uh, I think it's fair to say now that she's director Sears. <laughs> that you know, politically, she is someone that we have done battle with. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. she's been on the other side of many of our arguments. Mm-hmm. She's not someone that we normally see as an ally. Uh, but reading this list that she put mm-hmm. out, we got to say, you know, her mm-hmm. reasons for for protecting Medicaid expansion are dead on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say she's definitely been an ally. Um, Director Sears and Director Moody have been mm-hmm. very, um, I, I would say, pertinent in this whole inf- uh, this whole process throughout. You know, the hearings and testifying and um, supplying most of the senators with the information that they would need. Um, I, I think they've been they've done a very good job doing that. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, in all reality, there's no way in heck. I can't cuss I'm anymore. Sorry, I um, <laughs> we can probably say that. I don't know, but I don't know what those FCC rules are. But um, <laughs> But there's no way that Kasich can be going around bad-mouthing Trump care the way he has and then not veto this out. I mean, if he doesn't, he is the biggest hypocrite on the freaking planet. So, I mean, if he doesn't, (laughs) I hope everyone slams him as hard as he deserves to be slammed. While while we were over in the uh, the Senate for abortion method van votes, the the House, both chambers were voting on Mm -hmm. the budget. Um, 
State Representative Amelia Sykes Amazing. Uh, uh, of Akron, uh, she provided the most compelling testimony supporting Medicaid expansion, mm-hmm. um, blatantly just laid it out there and said, people will die. Like, like she put out a list yeah. of reasons that, you know, that this uh, blocking Medicaid expansion would be a mm-hmm. bad idea. Uh, and, you know, the list was basically people will die. The most yes. important reason. People will die. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's mm-hmm. just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. But, you know, Gabe, in the words of State Representative Mike Duffy from the Worthington area, <laughs> y'all gotta <clears throat> die sometime. Yeah. That was really shocking to come from him because we've seen him as not a complete ally, but somebody that has, has looked at mm-hmm. healthcare policy right. with a, a little, little bit, bit of more understanding. Re- yeah. Some understanding, a reasonable yes. tone. And for yeah. that to be his reaction, it was like, what on mm. earth? I think he was trying because he, he's tried to justify his remarks there. They are not justifiable. We'll just put that out on the table right now. I'm not actually <laughs> agreeing with the words I'm about to say, but he was trying to say, I think what he's saying is that his mother died of emphysema and there was no, no amount of money that they could have thrown at that to make her better and make her not die. But at the same time, you threw money at her. She got health care. I'm assuming she didn't just get emphysema and die the next day. Yeah. Like, right. that, this is a chronic she disease. Yeah. yeah. So she was treated for many, many years before it got to the point where it could no longer be helped. Right. So, yes, we're all going to die sometime. But do we need to actively speed that up? Or say that to, yeah, like, or say, say that you out don't loud. give a yeah. care about uh-huh. anyone who needs Medicaid. Right. Yeah. I mean... You know, no. my dad died of cancer, but that's not a reason to deny poor kids flu shots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. continue on uh. providing medicine to people. <laughs> Just because my dad died. God. No. So, yeah. Go so that's. Coffin shopping later, sir. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's the state. Yeah, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> right. What um, we didn't see this week was. What? What we, <laughs> what we didn't see this week was a federal health care vote. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Okay, so, uh, yes, yeah, so the state uh, Medicaid is one thing. Uh, in the U.S. Senate, uh, the plan to destroy Medicaid on a national basis has ground to a halt. Um, it really did something very similar to what we saw in the initial round in the House, Everybody across the country said, wow, this is a really terrible idea. Uh It's going to, uh, according to the Office of Budget Management, remove health care from an additional 22 million people. Um, Sean Spicer, uh, the White House, I don't know what he is now because he kind of got demoted. But yeah, didn't. but promoted at the same time. Yeah. Huh? He uh, he put out some information that was like the most <laughs> biased uh, pile of dog crap I've ever heard. <laughs> Where he said that if we don't do anything, there's going to be, uh, I don't know, 25 million people without insurance. And everyone was like, yeah, those are the people who are not going to have insurance no matter what we do. Your plan Man, removes another 20, yeah, right. 22 million, 24 million if we went with the house. Just a horrible plan mm-hmm. uh, that would be, uh, you know, just a, a complete train wreck. Uh, and so people spoke up. There have been sit-ins. I'm not sure if there are still people in wheelchairs in the office of the Colorado mm-hmm. Senator right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, amazing efforts, yeah. um, uh, you know, by people who really depend on care. 
the quote that I heard um, from uh, somebody this morning was uh, they were asked why they were willing to stage the sit-in. Their comment was they would rather sit for a night in a hallway than mm-hmm. spend the rest of their lives in an institution. Wow. I mean, yeah. really powerful statements yeah. by people who do not want to lose their health care. Uh, and that has stalled this bill. Mm-hmm. So um, Rob Portman, after they announced that they were going to cancel the <laughs> He's vote. so spineless. I mean, have a spine just one day. Just half of one. Please, something. Yeah. Right. I don't know how he actually stands erect without the spine. Oh, like, gosh. I just... Maybe he's got one of those scoliosis braces that would be paid oh, for by healthcare. by healthcare because um, he has good healthcare. Yeah. Right, excellent. Uh, so Senator Portman did uh, pull his support for the yeah. bill after they pulled the vote. Um, which you know, I, I saw a great political cartoon that you know maybe he's going to go stand against smoking now too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all these things that everyone else has already stood against. Um, oh and, and so now they're headed back. Uh, they're going to be here, you know, in the States, mm-hmm. uh, Senate department will be here in Ohio. Now is the time, uh, you know, this wasn't a, a victory and now we can walk away. This is, Hey, we scored, you know, we scored a goal and the game's still going. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, we need to continue the pressure. I know there's plans by different groups, uh, right. to, uh, to hit, um, you know, members uh, specifically of the Senate mm-hmm. with more information with protests, uh, during the month of July while they are, uh, while they are here. Um, of course we need to recognize, uh, Senator Sherrod Brown who's like always awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Always. Um, <laughs> he was against this bill from, from, the very from jump. Yeah. yeah. Another yeah. champion. So yeah. Right. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know, how the next like, week plays out and right. how, you know, it all goes, but yeah, stay tuned to our Facebook channel, our Absolutely. Twitter and all those things. So we can really make sure that you know when things are happening and what protests are going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we will be looking at not only the stuff happening in Congress throughout the month of July, uh, but also this state legislation, you know, the yeah, stuff that's absolutely. in the budget. Um, there's there's always a question of whether or not the legislature will yeah. come back to override vetoes. They do have, you know, Republicans do have that power now. If absolutely. Kasich vetoes yeah. Medicaid expansion. They can go back mm-hmm. and override that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they, so, yeah, they that, might. So, and they are scheduled to be around on the on the seventh of July to do that if they want to. So um, keep an eye out on the seventh of July yes. to see if they do that. Um, depending on what they do that day, they they did the house actually came out with their schedule, so they will be gone until I think the second week of September. Um, once they get done with whatever they might do to veto things. So we'll have a couple months of a break, but we'll definitely be continuing to put pressure on everybody this summer and and ramp up for whatever is coming at us this fall. Right. And and we know what's coming at us this fall in terms of abortion restrictions. That's going to be uh, house deliberation on the abortion method ban. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Down syndrome abortion ban was introduced and received sponsor testimony. testimony. Yeah, we forgot to even talk about that, but yeah. Um, And so that's going to to almost certainly get additional hearings. Uh, There are additional abortion restrictions uh, elsewhere in the legislature that they will continue to Mm -hmm. move on. There is the six-week ban. Yeah. Um, There's going to be a bunch of things throughout the summer that we need people to, you know, really start to write letters yeah, to the editor, absolutely. contact mm-hmm. their legislators' offices, even though the legislators aren't there, the staff sure, yeah. sure are, yeah, uh, and they'll be answering the phone <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and responding to emails. Yes. So, And guess where your legislator will be? 
in your community. Right. <laughs> and actually, we'll throw it in the show notes um, and probably up on our Facebook page. Um, the amazing state representative, Bridget Kelly, uh, new out of um, the Cincinnati area, is actually doing coffee um, hour, uh, office hours in the district on Saturday morning. So we'll throw that up on so people can go Absolutely. say thank you to her for all of her good work, too. Nice. So let's get it on. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about some of the events that's coming up this month, July. I can't believe it's July already. Um, July and August. So July 6th, we have the ACLU event in Cleveland. Um, the 13th, Lady Parts Justice. Nope, sorry, hold on. No? Uh, yeah, uh, July, <laughs> July 6th, ACLU of Ohio is having an event called Reproductive Rights and Untold History of the Movement. Uh, that is up uh, in their Cleveland office. You can find information on their Facebook page. Look for the events. Um, they're going to have a couple authors speaking uh, about a recent publication called To Offer Compassion, a History of the Clergy Consultation Service on Abortion. Ooh, mm, that sounds, sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, July 6th in the evening uh, at the ACLU Cleveland office. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> so July 13th, Lady Parts Justice. Also in Cleveland? Yes. Everything's, everything's <laughs> in Cleveland. Uh, Lady Parts Justice is having their Vagical Mystery Tour. Um, Interesting. So it's, yeah, Liz Winstead, co-creator of The Daily Show, friend of ours. Um, she's leading a bunch of comedians across the country in this bus tour. Uh, it's like a crazy to go. hippie yeah. van tour. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to be at Marshall's uh, in Lakewood on July 13th. Um, and they, uh, they bring a, you know, basically a comedy show around to help support different abortion providers. Uh, we got to see them, uh, during the uh, Republican national Mm -hmm. uh, convention last year in Cleveland. Um, so Liz Winstead, um, Aida Rodriguez, Joyelle Johnson, uh, the buzz off Lucille comedy team should be great. Yeah, that definitely sounds like fun. Uh, there's, let me throw one more in, um. Uh, that's not on our list. Uh, July 17th preterm uh, is hosting a Monday movie night called A Quiet Inquisition. Um, hmm. It's a, a documentary. Uh, it's an intimate, intimate portrait of a brave doctor and meditation on revolution, political power, and historically complex national identity. Hmm. Interesting. That's yeah. a preterm. <laughs> and then, and then, then we're going to play golf. Yay! Yes. Yay! <laughs> so July 20th and and. Cleveland and August 5th in Toledo. Yes. Uh, so those are our events. Yes. yes. Uh, Pam up in our, uh, in our Cleveland office is uh, hosting. Uh, she's working to put these together. Uh, the idea is that it's, it's a golf tournament, but mm-hmm. it's a putt-putt golf tournament. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so if you love playing mini golf, uh, Cleveland and Toledo uh, are the first two cities to host these. Uh, information in the show notes. Uh, the idea is that it's very similar to the uh, the bolathon. Mm-hmm. You make a team, you raise some money, uh, and then you uh, you celebrate with your mm-hmm. <laughs> raised funds by coming <laughs> to play putt putt with us. Um, so uh, so Cleveland and Toledo are the first two cities to get these. I believe we're looking at additional mm-hmm. states throughout the rest, uh, additional dates through the rest of the state there you go. Uh, <laughs> later this summer. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last thing we had was uh, July 29th, uh, Youngstown Pride. So. Yes. 
So we will have our Cleveland organizer, Annie, who will actually be heading that up um, since Youngstown is in Northeast Ohio. Mm -hmm. That's her area. And so we're looking forward to it. You know, Youngstown is a smaller area, but I think their pride presence is just as uh, powerful and important Mm -hmm. as, you know, say, Cleveland or Columbus. Um, You know, Youngstown doesn't get too much attention in terms of the things like that they do for the LGBTQ community and things like that. So everybody come out and support Youngstown Pride. Mm -hmm. Should be pretty cool. Absolutely. All right. And we'll see everybody next week. Happy 4th. Bye.